Just lots going on, amen? amen. And we need Jesus. And the theme of what I'm talking about today is curling up in the presence of the Lord. And, but more specifically, to be faithful to crawl into his presence and just worship him. You can go ahead and be seated today, but Tracy's saying about keep on the sunny side. But the song that the praise team said, fear doesn't stand a chance when I'm in your love. But as me and Nick were talking up there, we got to decide whether we're going to rise and shine or rise and whine. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to decide whether we're going to rise and shine or rise and whine. And our mission statement is to rise and shine because we believe we got a message to take to this world. We, got a, we believe there's a message that this world needs to hear above all things. And whenever other things get in the way, then we can't think clearly about what God's called us to do. If we're so distracted about what's going on in our personal life, if we're so distracted what's going on in, in our workplace, in, in wherever it may be, to where we can't focus on God and His presence, then we're going to be in a bad place. And that's what the old devil's trying to do. He's trying to, to get us caught up in our fear, is the song that Joel sang. Our, our fears go away when we're in your love. Well, we got to get in his love for the fears to go away. But if we're dwelling on the fears all the time and not dwelling on his love, then we can't do that. So we need to be faithful. You know, we've been talking, God has called us at Oakton this year in 2019 to be faithful in loving God and loving each other. To be faithful in loving God and each other, but yet individually. And we need to be faithful in that. But if we're caught up in our fears and our anxieties, then we can't do that. The first service, the Lord put something on my heart, and, and I'm going to read it to you, but I, I just come out screaming it the first service, and I wasn't been stupid screaming. But I mean, the Lord put it on my heart, and I come out saying it. But, but, but this is what happens so many times. We are not defined by people. We are not defined by this world. We, the believer, are defined by how we love God and how we love people. And that's what we need to be focusing on. Not focusing on what the world's saying, what people saying, what the politics are saying, but focus on loving God and loving people. And that's how we're going to break through all this stuff. That's how we break through the fears. Again, if you spend all your time thinking about your fears, how are you worshiping God and, and loving people and loving Him? You can't do it. So we need to be pressing in to Him. We need to be pressing in to the Spirit of God. And, and as I began to do this study this month, and, and the Lord told me to talk about his love and loving him and loving others, he told me to go to John and 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and you guys have heard this, and the book of John to, to hear where he wanted to come from. And guys, I challenge you to, to go out and hear the, hear the messages that were said the last two or three weeks if you haven't been able to hear them all. They're on the website. 
But again, we talked about that how we need to love God and each other the first week, but the second week that, that how offense, how these fears keep us from loving God. They keep us from being who that we are and can be in the Lord. That, that when we're offended, we can't be doing what God's called us to do and how the Satan is robbing us. But, but today, again, God is saying we need to be faithful, faithful to him and loving him and each other. But again, the scripture that's just been burning all the way through this, all three weeks that I just couldn't ever seem to find a place to put it. But the, the apostle says, and who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Amen. That's the victory and where the victory is found. We need to be faithful to him and his love for us, our love for him and our love for people. You guys getting tired of me saying that yet? No. Are you doing it? Because when we start doing it, I'll quit saying it. Because I can't believe the roadblocks that even in my personal life that keep me from loving God and loving people. Because we allow the world to define us. And we meditate on what the world defines us as. Instead about who we are in Jesus Christ. But today I had some points that I wanted to make. And the first thing is being faithful to God's plan. The second thing is being uh, uh, we're going to talk about an example of uh, Joseph's faithfulness uh, to God and, and Judah, unfaithfulness to God. And, and through our reading, I don't know how many of you are doing your reading this year. We didn't challenge the church, but, but I'm doing it again this year. And, and that's where we're at right now. But both of them guys battled the temptation of sexual immorality. And we're going to talk about how that both of them handled it today. And, and God has showed me through this scripture and through Joseph that, that, that we can't love our brother and cheat on him with his wife. Or we can't uh, 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 do the awful things we do to our brother and say that we love him or our sister. And that's what Joseph said. He, he said, I can't do this to Potiphar. I can't do this to my God. I love them. And the Lord began to show me that, that, that how we began to, if we begin to love our brothers and sisters, then we wouldn't fall to half the temptations that we fall to. And I think I butchered that trying to say it, but we'll get into that a little bit deeper later on. But the last thing is how to live up to our potential in our faith in Jesus Christ and, and doing these two things. So that's the three things I want to talk about today. But faithfulness. To God's love and his love and his people. And, and the Lord put this scripture on my heart that all of us like to quote a lot of times. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to, for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. And a lot of times we use that scripture to, to, to focus on our goals and our ideals like God bless me as I'm a pastor at Oakton Church Lord you have plans for me Lord use me in that position you know bless me God when when I was at Freeman Lord you you put me here you have plans for me Father, thank you for this, Lord. Bless me. Father, you had made me the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Lord, bless me in this time, and Lord, give me victory today. You know, we begin to pray that way for what we want out of life. And again, you noticed I used the pastor. I used daily jobs. I used sports. I used all those things. But, but I believe the Lord showed me that we began to press in and began to seek after our desires 
But the desires that we're seeking after may be tools that he wants to use to propel us out into this world to preach the gospel, but they're not what he wants us to be serving. He wants us to serve his kingdom. And that's what he put on my heart today, that, that when we read this scripture, that, that faithfulness to God's plan is preaching his kingdom and promoting his kingdom. And all those things that I used earlier, those examples I used for you earlier, may be vehicles to you to get there, but the end result is the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ. And loving God and loving our neighbor. I read a devotion this week, and and this is what they quoted in this devotion. And it was really good. The kingdom of heaven is all about knowing the king. It's all about Jesus and how you respond to him. How everyone responds to Jesus really matters both for this life and beyond. So the plans that God has for us is knowing him and knowing him well. When that scripture in Jeremiah says that, he was releasing the people so that they would know him and know him well. That they would love each other and love each other well. That needs to be our focus. Pressing in and promoting the kingdom of God. Jesus in Matthew eleven eleven, and we're going to be in Matthew 11 and Matthew 13 and a couple others today. But Jesus was talking about how faithful John the Baptist was in preaching about the kingdom of God. He says that truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has risen no one greater than John the Baptist. Wow, that's pretty powerful, isn't it? No one greater than John the Baptist. That's all the prophets that were before him. Elijah, Elijah, all these people, David, all these men and women of God. There was never none greater than John the Baptist about proclaiming the kingdom of God, the love of God and love of people. It was John the Baptist. Yet, Jesus said, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. That's you, the believer, today. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, Jesus is telling you that you will do even greater things than John the Baptist did. You'll do even greater things, Jesus said, than himself, John 14, 12, because he's gone to be with the Father. You are blessed today with Christ's Spirit in your heart. And because of that, God is in you. Christ is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. You're more equipped to build the kingdom of God than even John the Baptist was. You're more equipped to love people and to love God more than those of old. The very least in the kingdom of God. God has called us to prepare the way. God has called us to move out in the things of God. The believer's faithfulness will reap even more fruit, more prosperity, 30, 60, 100%. Jesus' own words in Matthew 13, 18. He said, other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some 100, some 60, and some 30. I was really struggling this morning, and the Lord uh, was kept saying, move forward with this. It's me. Move forward with this. God, people don't want to hear this. They don't understand it. Can't move forward. And I was so blessed the first service when Land, or, uh, Nick handed the microphone to Paula, and Paula stood up, and she prayed over the offering today, and she said, Lord, we're given to you, and because of our faithfulness, you're going to bless us 30, 60, or 100%. 
It was confirmation of what the Lord has told me today that we have been equipped with the presence of God in our spirit, the Holy Ghost, Jesus, God, all of it, and we've been empowered to go out. And when we step out by faith in the things of God, He's going to bless us 30 at the minimum percent. He's going to bless us 60%. He's going to bless us 100%. We need to be moving out in the things of God. Amen? It's more than tithes and offering. It's loving your brother doing what God's called you to do in the ministry, whatever it may be, it's pursuing the kingdom of God. That's what he's called us to do. That's what we have been equipped to do. Something that really caught me in Matthew 13, when the disciples came to him, Jesus, and they said, why do you uh, speak to them in parables? You know, the parable of the sower and these parables, and why do you keep doing that? And Jesus answered them, to you, the believer, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. Jesus was saying that my Holy Spirit, when it gets in you, it's going to be revealing you to, to you the things of God. Just like he did in person, the Holy Spirit would reveal the things of, the things of God. And the reason the world can't understand it is they don't have Jesus or the Holy Spirit in them. The unbeliever can't understand it because it's not there. But the believer has the Holy Spirit in them. It has Christ in them, has God in them. The three in one are in you. And when we're listening, he's talking to us and he's giving us things to say. It's truth. You know, another thing that blessed me is I was struggling with this message this week. And I mean struggling with it. Me and Karen sat down and watched Joyce Myers, and she shared a scripture out of Galatians 4, 1 through 7. And again, I think it goes along with this 30, 60, and 100%. When, when we're giving God 30%, you know, but anyway, we'll get into the scripture here. It says, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. Get that. You could have the whole inheritance out there, and if you ain't accepting Jesus, you ain't going to get any of it. That was good language, wasn't it? Ain't, ain't, ain't. Well, I believe you could even be a believer and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but if you're not moving out in the promises of God, you can still be a slave to sin. You can still be a slave to sickness. You can still be a slave to this, that, or another because you're not giving yourself over completely to the Lord. And I believe that's what this word is saying here. He goes on to, or the word goes on to say, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to elementary principles of this world. But when the fullness of time had come, God set forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoptions as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit, again, that Holy Ghost of His Son, into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. If a son, then an heir through God. That Spirit is in us, and it cries out, Abba, Father. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, your Spirit is constantly crying out to the Lord. Are you releasing it? Are you releasing your Spirit to move and do what God's called you to do? Man, are you getting the full inheritance of what God has called you to be? Joyce went on to say these words. 
And this is what caught my eye, and I turned around, and it's neat how you're kind of listening to things, and, and you turn around, and you listen. Well, it was two days later before I probably moved on it, but she said this, when Jesus died, he inherited everything that God had to offer, and we, the believer, became joint heirs with him. Everything that Jesus earned through his suffering and his death is ours. It is set aside and watched over by trustees, that Holy Spirit, so that when you're old enough spiritually, you can receive that inheritance. That's what I was trying to get at earlier. If you're a non-believer, you don't get any of it. But when you believe Christ and you accept Christ and your spirit begins to cry out the Father, Jesus will begin to, through his spirit to put things in you and you'll move out into things of God and he'll bring you along until you're growing in the inheritance to where you can take on the 100% of the inheritance. Do we get that today? Are we, we, have we accepted all 100% of the things of Jesus Christ? The things that he went to the cross for, he paid the price. He took care of everything. Sin, sickness, death, all of it. Fear, uh, financial gains, whatever it may be, Jesus paid the price at the cross. And when we're walking around in slavery to these things and they're controlling us, these fears that we talked about earlier, we've not allowed the trustee, the Holy Spirit, to cut loose and speak to us. And we're missing out on the things of God. We need to press in to that spirit, the Lord, and allow him to move in us. I believe some believers mature enough to receive 30%, others 60 but others can mature to receive 100%. And a lot of people have trouble with me saying that. But I believe there's a growth process in the things of God. And if you go on down in Matthew 13, 12, it says, and this is Jesus' own words, for to the one who has, more will be given. And, the one, and, and he will have abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So what it's saying is we step out in our faith and, and, and we used the tithing example earlier. We step out in our faith and we begin to tithe. Then Jesus begins to bless that tithe. And then we step out a little bit further and we begin to tithe, but we begin to give an offering when we see a need and Jesus begins to bless us more. But it's even further than that when we have unforgiveness in our life and somebody has hurt us and we step out and say, Lord, help me forgive them. We step out in our faith. And as we talked about last week, Father, we forgive us of this offense and we step out and the Holy Spirit begins to do a work. And then he begins to do a little bit more and a little bit more to where this whole thing's been worked out. It's been restored. I've seen marriages restored, friendships restored just by getting in the presence of God. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. But we got to press into him. But Jesus saying, if you pull back, and you keep pulling back, and you keep pulling back, then you can lose the things that he's given you, the inheritance. And so what I'd say to you today, are you a Christian that's still a slave to things in your life? Or are you a son of God, a daughter of God? Because that's what Jesus was saying in this scripture. Believers can still be in slavery to things in their life. 
And God reveals things in my life all the time that's captivated me and ties me down and keeps me from being what God's called me to be. But as believers, we need to seek the full potential of what God has in our lives. Philippians 2, 12 and 13 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed me, so now not only as in my, as in my presence, but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Jesus was going through the apostle by his Holy Spirit and telling us people the word of God today is to press into him even more, to work out your, your salvation with fear, meaning respect of God's word, applying God's word, moving out in his word, growing, telling others, loving others, to press in to him and your salvation, to live up to our full potential. I'm going to show a video today, and it's kind of uh, off color a little bit now because the Lord has taken such a different direction today. But the essence of the video is this gal, it's, if you guys seen the deal, this run Facebook, the FedEx girl. And, and anyway, this gal, uh, God told her to minister to somebody and she didn't do it. And the Holy Spirit began to work her. And anyway, she went ahead and responded and oh, hundreds of thousands of people have been ministered to because of it. But I want you to show this video here today. Amanda Riggin is a FedEx driver in our area and she loves the Lord and she was on her route the other day and she delivered a package to this lady and they started chatting, you know, small talk. Amanda asked the woman if she had a good holiday and the woman answered really honestly. She said with tears in her eyes that it wasn't good and she explained that her husband has cancer. And so Amanda, you know, kind of continued with some small talk, tried to change the subject because it was a little awkward, you know, because it got pretty heavy pretty quick. But she felt the Holy Spirit tugging on her heart and she went on with her day. She did 20 more stops, but she couldn't stop thinking about this woman. So she ended up going back to the house. She rang the doorbell and she asked the woman if she could pray with her. And this is what happened. She held my hand so tight and I prayed for her and her family, for her husband. And the point of this is, is a lot of people want the Lord to use them. And, and for me as an example, I pray every day for the Lord to use me. But when he's, he's trying to use you or when you feel that call and that, that tug on your heartstrings, do you move your feet? Do you move? She could have easily gone on with her day thinking about that lady and not actually going back to her. But she wants to remind us all that we should respond when we feel that tug. And also, do you know how else the Lord is using Amanda? Well, this video. He's using this video because 7.8 million people have already watched it. That's and probably God. been inspired by it. God's using that young lady. I mean, she's a FedEx worker. Mm -hmm. She delivers packages. And one thought would be, how is God ever going to use me? And she she was used by God yesterday. Yeah. And she's... not not only for that lady, but for what Allison just said, seven point some odd million people who've watched this thing. Yeah. She's an example that you don't need a pulpit to make a difference in the world for the Lord. Yeah, I was going to say that. A good example. Some people think, well, I'm not in the ministry or I'm not on radio or something where God can actually use me. But he can use anybody anywhere. I mean, he's, he's 
he knows what he's doing. Not everybody's going to walk through the church doors. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to turn on a radio or a TV, but it's going to take real people like Amanda to get that message out. And Amanda, I think you just schooled us all. Thank you for being a real example of what the gospel is all about. Some of you may have heard that on the radio or saw it on Facebook, but the point that I wanted to get out of it is she felt God tugging on her heart, the spirit tugging on her heart. And that covers anything we've been talking about today. If you're a believer here today, the spirit tugs on your heart. It touches your heart all the time. And, and like her, you may go down the road and it may take you a couple hours to give into it, but you give into it and it's going to bless you every time. And that's what Jesus is trying to do today is trying to tell us whatever it may be in your life, whether it's a relationship with him and and you or relationship with him and a friend or or somebody else or just witnessing this Jesus Christ to this world. When the spirit tugs on your heart, move, move, be faithful as we're talking today. Be faithful to that spirit that's in you because when you move out, that spirit's going to bless you. It's going to touch you. So today, are we living up to the potential that Christ has called us to be? Are we in the 30, the 60, or 100%? Or are we there? And if you're like me, you're still working to get there. But as that young gal said today, it's time to stop and do it. Time to stop and move in closer to him. The second point today I wanted to make is, is the faithfulness and, and, and Joseph's faithfulness to God and people compared to Judah's unfaithfulness to God and people and how it affected these lives. But, but again, if you want to go to uh, Genesis chapter 38, and, and I want you to just think about this as we go through this today, but we'll start with Judah. But Judah was vulnerable. Um, his wife had just died. Uh, his own daughter-in-law, Tamar, uh, posed as a prostitute, and he slept with her. And as a pledge, he left his, his seal and his cord and his staff. And we all know the story. She became pregnant. And, and again, there's another story in that. Uh, tomorrow was his daughter-in-law, as the word said. But there was things that Judah was supposed to be doing to help her out, and he wasn't doing it. And, and anyway, she took some actions that she probably shouldn't have took. He took some actions that he probably shouldn't took. But it all stemmed because they didn't love each other and God like they should. And the result of that is he ends up sleeping with her. She gets pregnant. She has this son. And, and or well, let's just back up a little bit. But Judah heard that his daughter-in-law was guilty of prostitution. And as a result, had become pregnant. Judah said, bring her here and, and we'll have her burned. Verse 24 says. She then, as she, they brought her up there, produced what he had left her behind. The seal and the cord and the staff. Judah was caught in his sin and realized his own hypocrisy and sin. And, and that's the thing that, that really got me is here, you know, Judah had found this out. She's pregnant. She's done these things. Bring her up here. Let's burn her. You know, that's the first response we had to a gal that was caught in sin. And man, let's burn him at the stake. Well, then he found out that it was when he slept with her, she got pregnant. So isn't that a hypocrite? Isn't that a big hypocrite right there? He said, oh, my, oh, that changes things. You know, he didn't burn her at the stake, did he? What gets me is I think that he began to see the mercy of God. And that's where God is so good. And and, and I never really caught. I'd heard it before, but never really studied on it. But when Judah realized what was going on and realized what he had done and realized all these things, 
you know, he dealt with it and he made it right. He repented, if you can talk about in the word, told her he should have done her differently and all that stuff. But what blessed me is God's grace through this whole thing. Did you guys realize if you would, uh, if you're in, in this chapter here, you'll see that, that in Genesis 38, 29, that the son born as a result of the sexual immorality was listed in the genealogies of Jesus Christ. In other words, this child that was born as a, from a prostitute in sexual immorality, bloodline was in Jesus Christ. Did you guys realize that? Didn't change God's plan. God kept his plan the way it was. If you again see in Genesis 38, 29, Perez was a son born. When you go to Matthew 1, chapter 2, verses 3, Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah. Judah is the one that slept with Perez, or with, uh, with his daughter Mara, and had the son Perez. And it goes on to say, and Judah the father of Perez. Perez was still in the lineage and in the line of Jesus Christ. God's mercy was bigger than, God's, than, than the sin of man. And that's what Christ has done for us so many times that, that we get critical and judgmental of people when, when people would repent and go to God, he forgives them and he moves on and, and the plan still continues on. God's plan still moves forward. God still does what he wants to do. Then we see Joseph here. Joseph again dealt with the same temptation, sexual immorality. I want to bring attention to something here in the scripture that a lot of times we think that when we're living for God and we're doing all the right things that we won't be tempted. And we think that we're above the temptation. Well, I want you guys to see in the scripture before he was even tempted with the, with the sexual immorality that the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man in Genesis 39.2. His master saw that the Lord was with him in 3. And then Potiphar made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had for. So we see that this guy was not only blessed by God, but the people in the world saw it. The sinners saw it. Man, he's blessed by God. You know, he even made him overseer of all things. But however, the temptation still came against him. You know, probably if you're living for God and doing your best to live for God, you're going to battle more temptation than most people because Satan wants to have you. He didn't want you serving God. So we see in the story that Potiphar's wife tried to entice Joseph. She ran to him and says, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. He wouldn't have anything to do with her. He realized that it was a sin against Potiphar, but more importantly, it was a sin against God. And that's what caught my eye there, that, that he didn't want to hurt Potiphar, the guy that blessed him. He loved his brother. He loved God even more, and he didn't want that to become between him and God. And that's where we need to get to as, as brothers and sisters in Christ, that we get to the point we don't want to, to sin or to embrace temptation of taking offense or giving out offense or sinning or whatever it may be because we love our brother, but most importantly, because we love God. That's why we do things. That's why we're faithful to God because we love our brothers and we love our sisters and we love him. Joseph showed us how to deal with temptation and it was to flee. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, flee also youthful lust. 
but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Even after Joseph did all the right things, he still suffered tough, terrible injustices. They put him in prison with false accusations. They did all these things against him. But Joseph may have lost his liberty, but he didn't lose his freedom. Even in prison, the Lord was with him. He had favor with the warden in verses 39-21. He ended up running the prison in 39-22. Whatever he did, the Lord made him succeed. And that's what we need to realize today, that that we don't need to sin, that we don't need to to give in to temptations, that if we just follow the things of God, God's going to bless us regardless of what this world tries to do. We're not defined by this world. We're not defined by people. We're defined by God. And when we follow him with all of our heart, soul, and mind and do what he's called us to do, he's going to bless us no matter what this world does. And that's where we need to come to as believers today. Whatever we do, the Lord made it succeed because we loved our brothers and we loved him. Your circumstance may not be ideal. You might feel like you are in prison. You may feel literally confined like a prisoner in your job, in a health issue, in a difficult relationship, or other circumstances. Yet in the midst of all this, if you stay faithful to God, you can experience his presence with you, his favor in the sight of others, and his blessings on your life. And I'm going to wrap up with this today, how to live up to that potential, how to be faithful to God. And guys, it's again, as we started, it is to live in his presence. I think I've shared every week, the first John chapter uh, two, verses 27, but the anointing, the Holy Ghost, which you have received from him abides in you and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing, the Holy Ghost teaches you concerning all things and it is true and it is not a lie and just as I taught you you'll abide in him what he's saying is when you stay in close to him and you're faithful to him and that ugly temptation or whatever it may be comes against you that spirit inside of you is going to talk to you and it's going to begin to walk you through that situation it's going to give you the words to say the things to do to help you overcome just like Joseph Just like Joseph was, he was in, he was tempted to have sexual immorality. God put it upon his spirit to flee. He fleed out of the place. He stayed faithful to Potiphar, loving man. He stayed faithful to loving God. And boom, he was blessed. He ended up being second in the kingdom again in the end. In other words, it made a full circle. The lie came out, the untruths came out, and he was reinstated even more powerful than before. We need to be faithful to God and listen to his spirit that is in us. I want to go on and read John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, that Holy Spirit, he will guide you in all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are now to come. God speaking through the Holy Spirit, Jesus speaking through the Holy Spirit, they're speaking to you, giving you the word to saying the things to do. The way to go. The Lord woke me this morning with Psalms chapter 23, verse 2. And and I thought, Lord, are you wanting me to change the sermon? And I got up and began to read and study. 
And that part of Psalms 23, 2 is, He maketh me lie down in green pastures. Again, because of the presence of the shepherd, the nearness of Jesus Christ, this man was able to lie down in green pastures. In peace from the the fear and things that were going on around him. And that Holy Spirit does the same thing. The Holy Spirit is my comforter. The Holy Spirit is my counselor. And he helps me hear and see what Christ wants to tell me. He puts me in the presence of God in my, my, my everything. My confidence and my rest all is found in the Holy Ghost and the presence of God. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit because he will guide us through our lives. John 14, 16 through 18, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. We have it right there. God's asked us to follow his commandments, keep his commandments. He's going to give us the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to help us to abide in the things of God. Verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Again, jump back to the beginning. They can't receive because the spirit's not in them, but he's in us and we can. But we can receive from him who dwells in you and is in you. He does not leave us as orphans. He is with us. But you know him. It's the spirit of truth. And he's revealing himself to you over and over and over and over. The scripture that we stand on all the time, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God has given us the Holy Spirit, and he's given us power, he's given us love, and he's given us a sound mind to get through this life. He's done it all for us. It's all in us. It's all through us. Some of you guys feel all alone here today. A lot of people feel like they're going through life alone. And I want to remind you today, the Holy Spirit is with you. You need to curl up and let him lay down beside you and be with you. Praise team, if you want to come forward. I always tell you guys the story and why I named my son Joshua. But it's because I respected Joshua in the Bible, in, in the book of the Bible, Joshua. It's for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But what blesses me about Joshua, when him and Moses would be in the Holy of Holies, and you've heard me say this before, Moses would have to go out and deal with the people, but Joshua would stay curled up in the presence of God. That's what we need to do, is curl up in the presence of God through his Holy Spirit and let him minister truth to us. Let him minister life into us because that's what he wants to do. He wants to make us or help us to inherit 100%. In other words, God's already taken care of it. Christ has already done it. Our healing's out there. Everything's out there. It's there. And the Holy Spirit is going to get us to embrace it all and to walk in it all. That's why he's here. But Jesus told me today, I believe through the Holy Spirit, that, that if you're battling things today, he said to us, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And Jesus is telling us to come to him 
and curl up with him and say, hey, I got this going on in my life. And in verse 29, we're saying, take my yoke upon me and and for I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you'll find rest for your souls. Jesus is wanting us to give him the load and take his load because it's easy and it's light. And it's what he wants us to do is to come to him and say, this is what's going on and give it to him and then rest in him to bring you through it. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Today, we can't get any of this without being saved. We can't receive any of it without being saved. So we need to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior today if you haven't done that. And that's the first altar call. But the second thing today that, that the Lord's putting on my heart is we all think we've been filled with the Holy Spirit. A lot of people think you're filled with the Spirit at, at, at salvation, and I believe you're filled with a, a portion of it. But like the disciples, 50 days later, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and they spoke in tongues, you guys know Acts 2-4, but they moved out in the, in the Spirit as the Spirit told them. And they moved out by speaking in tongue as the Spirit told them. They moved out and prophesied as the Spirit told them. They moved out and healed people as the Spirit told them. They began to preach as the Spirit told them. They began to move out in the things of God and build the kingdom of God as the Spirit told them. Are we full of the Spirit today? Are we walking in the Spirit today? And I catch myself a lot of times, guys, I've got to be refueled every day. I I can't take on this world by myself, but I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me the strength. And and I'm refueled every day by being in his presence. I've got to go refuel. Guys, I'm going to go refuel after this service because it's taken the life out of me today. Because Satan doesn't want you to hear this. And you wouldn't believe the mind, the talking that's going on in my mind right now. Because he's trying to keep you from hearing what I'm saying today. I'm going to go home and I'm going to lay in the bathtub and I'm going to listen to Christian music and I'm going to pray in tongues and I'm going to get refilled as soon as this service is over. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives to be what God wants us to be. To walk in the full inheritance of the kingdom of God. And we continually need to be refueled over and over and over. The way I'm closing out the service today is it's early. You got 15 minutes before you got to go. And hopefully you're all planning not to go. But I'm going to call the altar call. And, and, and you're released whenever you want to go. And, and if you want to stay up here and pray, but I'm telling you to come into his presence. That we need to be faithful and loving him and loving people. And the only way we're going to be able to do it is to be in his presence. God wants us to deal and, and, and follow him and, and be able to handle temptations. The way we get over these temptations is by being in his presence. Whatever you're going through in this life, the only way you're going to get through it is putting yourself in, in, his, in his presence. When you feel all alone, put yourself in his presence. When you're hurting, put yourself in his presence. When you're battling health things, put yourself in his presence, whatever it may be. We can arise and shine 
or we can arise and whine. But we'll shine in his presence. And it's going to draw people to him. So let us stand to our feet today. Father, you've put the word out there. And Lord, I know I'm man. And, but I know your spirit has been with me today. And I, Lord, I ask that, that the people would receive what you've told them today. That they would hear nothing of my words. That they would hear your words. And Father, I ask that it be like that FedEx lady. That you just keep working them all week. Until you, your spirit wins the battle. But Father, I ask that we yield to you. Father, that we give our lives completely over to you. Father, that we are faithful to you. Faithful to love you because that's all you ask us to do. And faithful to love people. That's the two things you've asked of us. And Lord, they're really hard. (laughs) But by your spirit, we can do it. And Father, in your presence, we will do it. And so, Father, I ask that you move across this body today and do your thing. In Jesus' name, amen.